Celebration, celebration, celebration. And I thought to myself, if you asked anybody else if this was a celebration, they would probably say no. <laughs> Honestly. Like, if you ask anyone in the world that's not a Christian, and you say, this is a celebration, they'd be like, no. Oh, I didn't know. I... I it's, you, you, you get me? Like, it's like, come on. And, and, I, love, and I love that, and I don't want to like, hate on that, but, but I just I believe that it's not the fullness. So then, who is here New Year's Eve? Oh, yeah. Woo! Yeah. Party. We had rapping going on. We had silliness. It was amazing. Paul was going to go to bed, and then the Lord spoke to him, and he comes back down, and he says, guys, listen to this. And, and I don't remember verbatim, but he said, like, this joy is not just for tonight. Yeah. Yeah. He said, this joy is supposed to mark our lives as Christians. It's supposed to mark our lives. This, this should be the celebration, the joyous expression of our salvation on a regular basis. And um, we're not there. I'm not there. But I believe that it's possible. And I believe that it's found at the cross, it's found with Jesus, and that's what I want to explore today. Um, that's something that, that God has been doing a lot in my life. Um, recently, even just over the last year, he's been giving me lots of joy um, as I've gazed at him, as I've beheld him, as I've seen him work, um, just felt his presence, and, and just crazy, awesome joy. Um, and, and the thing that I want to talk about tonight, well, one of many, is joy that is not defined by our circumstances. Amen. Is that possible? Is it practical? And how, how, does, it, how does it happen? How does it work? Um, and first I, I want to address what I, what I think is a, even a spiritual thing um, that, we, that I myself am under, but I think that we all are under. It's called entitlement. Yeah. And especially in our country, Everything is easy access. Everything is right here, right now, what I want, when I want it. Microwavable, Starbucks, McDonald's, right? Yeah. Everything. Come on, give it to me now, otherwise I am dissatisfied. And, 
we, we, this incorporates into our relationship with God and, and the way um, that we do life. We expect that the will of God for our lives is that we have really perfect circumstances, that our job fits with our friends and we have the right amount of free time, that we get paid just the right amount of money, that we have just the right amount of entertainment, and that all of these things just work really well together And and that they're. <coughs> it doesn't help. It doesn't help. <laughs> and 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 when those circumstances change, they really throw us off, a lot. And and we start thinking that if what I want in life in these circumstantial changes aren't happening, then I'm not walking in the will of God. And the will of God must be for me to change my circumstances so then I can experience joy be fulfilled, be content, experience the peace of the Lord. That's not true. And, and that's, not, that's not the way that God works. And joy, joy is not a powerful testimony when everything's going well. Neither is love, neither is peace, none of that. It is not powerful. Any, any person who doesn't know Jesus will feel good when things are going good. All right? the, the thing that's powerful is when it's an expression, when we, when we know it, when we see it, when we feel it, when we express it, when it makes no sense, when it's a struggle, when we're suffering, when things aren't working out the way that in the eyes are the perfect way for things to work out. Um, I don't think that that means that God doesn't bless us or, or lead us in different ways that do make our circumstances easier, but it's not, it's not about the circumstances. And I, and I think that most, if not all, of our complaining, our grumbling, our dissatisfaction, and our jealousy, all of those things, is because we, because we have an unhealthy perspective on life. We expect things to be a certain way, and then when we're not that way, when, when they don't turn out that way, then we react accordingly. And we, it, it, just, it just doesn't work. Um, there's a verse in James 4, 13 through 16. says, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So here's a trick that is hard. It's, it's not something I don't think that we can just choose to do. But, but it seems so, so simple. The less expectations you have, the less disappointed you'll be. And, and, and we, where, where should we get our expectations? God. The Bible. When he's our end, and we're going to go through this and discover this a little more. When he's the end goal, when his glory, his goodness... Seeing him, knowing him, being with him, being used by him is our end goal. Grumbling will cease. We will have nothing to complain about. Um, so, I, so I wrote out 10 lessons that I wanted to, to emphasize um, tonight. And so we're just going to go through them really hit. And I, and I want to, to get us really excited about life tonight. And I want us to just rejoice and glory in Christ Jesus in the ESV Bible 
it says glory in Christ Jesus. Like it's a verb. Yes, glory in Christ Jesus. And that the, the wellspring of, of water and joy and peace can flow as we behold him. And, and so I want to do that tonight. And we're going to do that. So lesson number one. You ready? Your life is not your own. It's not your own. It's not your own. I, I struggle with this. I claim my life. Okay, I'm preaching to myself. Your life is not your own. You've been purchased at a price. Therefore, glorify Christ in your bodies. We do not have a right to be entitled. We don't have a right. We don't have... Um, sorry. You don't, you don't get to plan your life. You, don't e- you actually don't even get to decide who you are. That's not bad news. We would screw it up if it was our job. And we screw it up all the time when we take matters into our own hands. God gets to direct and establish and give us identity. Um, and we, we give it all to him and he gives it all back to us. It says, lay down your life if you want to find it. Lay down your life. It is not yours. It was taken from you. Jesus paid for it. Give it to him. The gospel really, in a, in a lot of ways, is freedom from yourself. It's freedom from yourself. You lose sight of yourself in the gospel. The more that we see Jesus, the more that, that he takes root in our life, that we grow in the knowledge of Christ in us, the hope of glory, we're able to love more. We're able to, to, to exude more peace and joy because it's, it's not about me. Your opinion matters less to me. Lesson number two in my Bible says that if we love the world or the things in the world, the love of the Father's not in us. There's another verse in Ephesians. It says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Here it is. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So how do we know if our, if our heart is 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 in the world if if we love the world what's it's pretty it's pretty simple your emotions expectations and fulfillment are tied up in something that has the propensity to fail if you aren't tied up in them if the world or something in the world changes you won't be as affected i don't want to say you won't be affected okay you know we're human there's a natural emotional change and and a response to to different activities but where your heart will be also where are you most affected a couple years ago it was very enlightening for me to realize that i worshiped football more than i worshiped god and that i got more excited about a football game than i did about seeing god move i was like man i got this screwed up and there's so much more joy when you're wrapped up in the things of the lord and the things of heaven when your treasure, when your heart is in heaven, when you're focusing on heavenly things, thinking about heavenly things, doing things for the Lord, yeah, it just pumps, you know, it just bursts through you and you just can't help it. And then you see like that song, you see it in people and everything is for the Lord. Everything is, is for eternity. Everything is for the Lord. Lesson number three, having a sense of entitlement in worldly things is it actually reveals our lack of faith in the gospel. Um, it's, it's rooted in lies. Um, it produces disappointment. And, it's, and it is a, a killjoy. Mm-hmm. Just kills our joy. And we need to 
repent, we need to, to realign our, our minds and know that Jesus came to give us life and life to the full. That's a promise that in him we actually have the best, most fulfilling, most purposeful, most enjoying enjoyment um, of life. And here's a little basic formula that helps us, but it's deep and we need to dive into it and realize it and apprehend it personally. You need to apprehend it personally. What do we deserve? Death. What else? Hell. Yeah. What do we get? Life eternal. Joy unspeakable. Jesus took what we deserve so we could have what he deserved. Like, wow. Like, I mean, just eternity. Just eternity. If you believe, and if I believe, then we're going to be alive forever. We say that all the time. Just think about it for a second. Look at the person next to you. Like, do you think we'll start treating each other different when we think that we're both eternal and they're going to be eternal and I'm going to be eternal and we're going to be together forever? It blows my mind. Like, like, I don't even know what to do about it. I was, I was riding a bus. I told this story once before. I was, I was riding a bus and a, and a guy came up and he started, uh, he was handing out tracts and preaching the gospel. And, and we were kind of like annoyed. I was in Brazil and he was speaking Portuguese. And I couldn't understand. But, but I, we knew what he was doing. And my friend was Brazilian. But eventually my friend just said, oh, oh we're Christians. And he walked away. And I was just like, but that was normal. I mean, he could, you could tell that he didn't, wasn't offended. But I just got convicted. I was like, I'm going to be with that guy forever. I should have gotten up, done a jig, been like, woohoo! Like, gave him a big hug and said, we're going to heaven! Yeah! Jesus! That's what I should have done. And that's what, and everyone would have been like, whoa, you're like, you're crazy. It's like, no, because I believe. I believe that I'm going to heaven. I believe that I'm living for eternity. And this guy's coming with me. Hallelujah. And he's winning souls. That should excite us. You know, but if my heart's not there, then neither will my joy be. We're saved. The fact that our salvation doesn't permeate every facet of our lives reveals that we don't believe in it very much. And we need to dwell on it more. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to fill us with faith, fill us with trust, so that we can step into that. Lesson number four. We're concerned. This is kind of similar to some other things. We're concerned with the wrong things. Mm-hmm. You can tell you're in idolatry when a change in circumstance really throws you off. If having a change in your day, even your schedule, makes your emotions go wild, or if a little bad news makes you have a bad day, then you're not focusing enough on Jesus. Mm-hmm. These, are, these are very minor things that I'm addressing. I'm not talking about big, you know, e- evils like death and... <coughs> and depression or like all these really things that the devil attacks. I'm talking about simple things that we just have a wrong perspective on. We just have a wrong perspective. Remember, look to Jesus and you'll lose sight of everything else. Lesson number five. Things you're not entitled to include an easy life, perfect job, smooth situations, no problems, everything you've always wanted. Things we are not entitled to but get anyway. Include salvation, the presence of God, the fruit of the Spirit, a destiny, powerful identity, victory, and purpose in every moment. Whew. 
Things we are entitled to as believers but haven't taken hold of include freedom from sin, ability to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, capacity to hear God's voice in the moment, and to have a worry, anxiety, and depression-free life where we see everything through Christ's sacrifice. We should really be concerned about those things, the promises of God that we haven't apprehended, that we don't believe, that we're not walking in, that we're not seeing. When he becomes everything, we really do find that we have nothing to complain about and everything, everything to be thankful for. The glorying in Christ Jesus, in Jesus, is what has the power to change the world around us. And if we are, but, but if we are subject to our circumstances, we'll always be controlled by them. Lesson number six. So life with God won't fit our perfect circumstances attitude. It's so much better. It's way better. Way better than that. Our, our lives as Christians aren't set apart because of how easy they are, but because of our joy, passion, and stability are sourced in a completely different reality than the rest of the world. From a nominal, like just a, a worldly, normal level, to an extreme supernatural one, our lives ought to be marked with steadfastness since the Spirit of God dwells within us. Lesson number seven. Don't take yourself so seriously. <laughs> I, I honestly thought about dressing up funny tonight. Like wear a hat or like, you know, cowboy hat and like just be like silly. To so be like, don't take it so seriously. God's going to do it. We worry, we worry, we worry. We're anxious, we're anxious, we're anxious. And God's like, cut it out! Settle down. I got it. I have good news for you. I have good news for you. Don't take life so seriously. Enjoy every moment of every day. Soak in the present moment or you're going to miss it. You're going to miss it entirely. Take what comes and own it. Don't let it in on you. If you live, if you live in the past, you'll always have, you'll just have regret. If you live in the future, you'll be too really afraid to make any decision or to see any progress, or to even enjoy the present moment. you got to live right now. Right now. So I just want to like give some... His, God's attitude, Jesus was so happy. I think, I think he was probably really happy. His attitude is one of surrender, willingness, gleeful expectation, and blissful joy. You don't, have to, you don't ever have to say, things aren't going my way. Whoever said they would. Who said they would? Jesus said, you're going to be persecuted. You're going to suffer. And then we get all cranky because we couldn't sleep for 10 hours. I mean, really dumb, stupid things. It's not about you. And it's not about me. And we got to get it. We got to get it. There's so much glory in, in the world every day. There's so many gifts grace gifts, things that God wants us to rejoice about and be thankful about. So many things, mundane things, like, you know, like we're moving from glory to glory, you know, and all that. But everything takes on a different light when we're doing it in freedom, when we're ex experiencing life and seeing it and taking hold of it, even like washing the dishes. Praise the Lord. I have the ability to wash the dishes and I have the opportunity to bless those around me. That can be, washing the dishes can be a time of just, inner bliss with God. Have you ever seen Practicing the Presence? Or seen it? Did I say seen it? Read it? Brother Lawrence? People walked for miles to see this guy washing dishes. And he's like, 
He's like, there's no difference between the state that I'm in when I'm watching, washing dishes and when I'm on my knees in the prayer closet. He's like, God is everything. He's in all and through all. In him I live, move, and have my being. And you can go, um, you can wash the dishes, you can rake the yard. There's a lot of glory in raking the yard. You can drive for seven hours. Woo! You know, there's a lot of glory in that. Learning to overcome insecurity. Yes! Hallelujah! So good. That's so good. Um, there's more. Repenting. Did you, this is a hard one, but it's possible for repentance to be fun. <laughs> Why? Because I have faith that when I turn to Jesus and I confess my inadequacy before him, that he is going to come with his promise and his truth. I'm going to experience his grace, step out into victory, and be able to better manifest his likeness to the world around me. Amen. I'm in an, I am in an unrenewed mind when I struggle with repentance. It's okay that I am because God's kindness leads me there and his goodness leads me there. But the fact that I look at it like, oh, I really don't want to repent. I really don't want to confess is a lie from the enemy when really we should just jump into his lap and be like, oh, I need help. <laughs> and he'll be like, yes, you do. I've been waiting for you to realize that for a while. And we're like, I know, I know, but I'm here. I'm here. You could get a bad grade on a paper and you could take that discipline to be more diligent and it's glorious. It's life. Getting up early. Hallelujah. Skipping a meal. Woohoo. <laughs> Did you forget that your life is not your own? Your life is not your own at all. At all. Lesson number nine. Oh, stop. Lesson number nine. Galatians 6 talks about some different things. It talks about the fruit of the Spirit, but then it also lists a bunch of other things that, that come from not focusing our attention on the Lord, not acknowledging Him, um, not allowing Him in our lives to birth what He wants in them. So what is, what is anger? What is anger? Anger, in some ways, is really a wall. It's a, it's a, it's a way to protect ourselves because we feel hurt. We feel indignant. We feel, how dare they do that to me because I'm so royal and deserving of so much more. I'm going to get angry at you. Anger, it's entitlement. It's thinking you deser deserved something but didn't get it. Or that you're treated in a way that you deem unfair. Now, there's a righteous anger in terms of the things that, that are bad, that God hates. That God hates Jesus. We see him, we see him angry. We see him just angry. But when it came to himself, and Jesus' own person, he's on the cross and he says, forgive them for they do not know what they do. They don't know what they do. The same, the same thing, it's tied, it's tied, I think, with unforgiveness. And, and when, we, when we look at unforgiveness, we think about, we think about unforgiveness. What we're, in some ways, what we're doing is we say, I have an expectation on this person to produce something that Jesus tells me they're not actually able to produce. And we hold their trespasses against them, which they did, and they didn't have to. They, they did it, and we acknowledge that it was wrong. But to take offense to that is, in some ways, to take offense to the cross of Jesus. Because he turned to us and he says, I don't hold your trespasses against you. And he says, so forgive as you've been forgiven. So in the light that I understand my forgiveness in him, it's like I don't even have the capacity to hold unforgiveness against anyone. It's like, well, why would I expect them to produce something 
that I don't believe that they're capable of producing. It doesn't mean there's not hurt or rejection or things that, that we need healing from and to move from. But I believe that there's, there's forgiveness and there's this release and there's this freedom that really comes in just dwelling on the forgiveness that we have in Jesus. Um, I'm just going to say that again. If you couldn't be trusted, if you couldn't be trusted to manage your own life, and in your own self-control you made a mess of things, why do you expect others to do better? It's only in Christ that we have victory. It's only in Christ that we're made capable. Forgive as you have been <laughs> forgiven. Jealousy. Wanting something that someone else has. What do you deserve? Nothing. Again, nothing. 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 <laughs> nothing. perspective in some ways it's it's the holy spirit he wants to come he, he wants to change our mind help us to be thankful in a couple times maybe two circumstances is that right no that's not what it says two out of two you know two out of two two out of five no in all circumstances even the bad ones why well we have this ace in the hole it's called god brings good out of every situation. He brings good out of every situation. We don't deny the bad. We don't turn our back to it. We don't ignore it. But we focus. Where are we looking? What are we beholding? Where's our attention? Where's our treasure? Where's our purpose? When something happens, we're actually equipped to be an instigator for change, transformation, and to see God's love come down. But we won't do that when we hold offense or when we take upon ourselves something that that we're not supposed to. So joy is something that is outside of our circumstances. It's a hope. It's a conviction. It's a, hev it's a heavenly perspective on life itself. And again, joy has a face, and it's a person. C.S. Lewis said in uh, his book, Surprised by Joy, that he says, you know, in, and this isn't verbatim, it's like when you're beholding Jesus and he fills you up with joy, if you turn and you start focusing on the joy, you will lose both the joy and the object of your affection. It's not really about joy. It's about Jesus. But he's the source of it. The Holy Spirit's the source of it. When we look at him and we behold him and we step towards him and we invite him and we proclaim him and we accept <laughs> his promises and walk in them, then joy will come. It's not something we buck up. I'm not, I'm not wanting people to start really pretending and be like, oh, I'm happy all the time. No, I'm not. No, that's not the thing. We want it to be real and, and, and full. And I believe that that's our portion. I believe that that's our portion, that, that that's what Jesus paid for. And, and, and we do. We need to surrender. And we need to let go. And we need to lay down our lives. And we have to let go of our entitlement and our bad attitudes. And we need to go for prayer and, and talk to people. But I believe he has joy for us. Um, so, last thing, and then we're going to do some, some ministry time. Um, Paul told me to go quick. How was that? Is that pretty good? Um, so, again, the things that I've been addressing have been mainly natural things that come up in our lives that we just have a wrong perspective on. Things that throw us off that really just shouldn't throw us off. 
But there, there are other things that are supposed to throw us off. There are things that we, that we can't turn a blind eye to that death, sickness, injustice, things of the devil. Although our fulfillment is always, it's always sourced in Jesus, the devil, he seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. And those suffering under his attacks need support, prayer, and encouragement. But remember that. God sets a feast for us even in the presence of our enemies. And the devil hates it. Hates it. When we stand strong, rooted in faith, rooted in community, it's not a me thing. It's not a I'm strong. It's a no, I've become weak enough so that his strength comes out of me. That we're rooted and grounded in, in the king of glory. And and so I just want to help us here. Like what I don't want to do in this prayer time is is feel bad. No, there's nothing but excitement. There's nothing but purpose to step and grow and learn more about Jesus. To turn to him and be filled with inexpressible joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. I want that. I really do. Raise your hand if you've ever felt that before. And again, it's not about the feeling. It's about the person. But the person can, can bring that. It's inexpressible. It's inexpressible. And, and I want to do that. I want to help us just change some of our perspectives on life. We should never complain about our job. Amen. What do some people get to do? Get to. Raise your hand for a job. Uh, I get to uh, open up mail all day long. Praise the Lord. Isn't that a miracle? Isn't that a miracle that mail can come all over the country, all over the world that fast? Wow. It's, it's amazing. It is. And you get to experience it, see how it works, and interact with people there. Praise God. What else? I get to talk to people all day long and clean for people. Amen. Servanthood. Serving. Cleaning. Alleluia. Help people with disabilities find work. Awesome. Praise the Lord. That's a gift. That is a gift. What? What an opportunity. Amen. Again, this is all perspective. We might not normally think of that and be like, oh yeah, that's really great. Why? Because the world says so. And God says, be thankful in all things. And we say, Thank you, Lord. Karen and I get to work with happy young adults. <laughs> <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> oh, gosh. Just kidding. Praise God. I get to wipe noses and change diapers of grandkids. Hallelujah. Amen. And this is a attitude that we can start adopting in, in all areas of our lives individually. It's a choice, and it's a gift. We can, we can choose to be thankful, or we can sit there in our little pity party when really there's nothing to have a pity party about. That if we really recognized our situation, there'd be nothing but thanksgiving. Nothing, nothing, nothing but thanksgiving. You know, if you have one friend... There's some people who would love to have someone listen to them. And then look around you. We have this community. We should probably be going off the wall with excitement because of the <laughs> gift and the grace that God is. We are such 
such a privileged people. Grossly, grossly privileged, too privileged. We need to get uncomfortable. But we need to get thankful. It is a scandal against Jesus. And we need to help each other do it. Because there's, there's demonic oppression on that. And there's influence from the world that tells us to, to complain and be bitter and be jealous and envious. And we have to stand strong and say, yeah, right. This is good. Life is great. It was cold out. How awesome is that that it can get that Woo! cold out? Yeah. <laughs> we went out, if you haven't on Facebook, we went outside in shorts and cutoffs oh and God. took pictures out there when it was like 37 below wind chill. It's great. We complained about the rain. Water is falling from the sky. Wow. Isn't that amazing? It's crazy. You know, the, the trees, the grass, the fact that we wake up and we can breathe. A gift from the Lord. Amen. It's, it's not about pretense. It's not about pretending. It's not about faking it. It's about stepping into the reality and the goodness that has been made available to us already. And the glory that life is. Every opportunity, every step of faith, every time we see God interact in someone else's life and in our own lives, bringing us from glory to glory. Hallelujah. Let's get happy. Let's get joyful. Amen. Amen. People want that. They only take the steps to do it by, by choosing to be thankful. We can do it. And so we're going to turn to each other now. And I want you to be thankful. You can pray for joy. I don't want you to feel bad. I don't want you to say, oh, I haven't been very joyful. <coughs> yeah, that's fine. But turn to Jesus. Yeah. Let's just look to him. Let's start talking about how good he is. Share a testimony. Um, with the person next to you about how God moved or worked. I want us to take our focus off ourselves here and onto the Lord. You know, talk about that. Talk about something he did, something he moved. You know, share and rejoice um, over your job and your situation and the opportunities and the hope that he has and the goodness that he's doing and, and, and rejoice with each other over that. Can we do that? Amen. All right. So I'm just going to pray. Then you can turn. There'll be a couple people up here too. Um, if you if you want to come up and get prayer, just pray for joy over each other too. Just pray that the Holy Spirit brings it. So Jesus, Mr. Joy, we we look to you, God, as our source, as our comfort, as our peace, as all fulfillment, all contentment. God, we we desire to speak as Paul spoke that he was content no matter the circumstances. God, we want to be there, Father God. We long to be there. So we just ask that you build us up, that you strengthen us in our inner man, Father God, that you attest to our spirit, God, that we're children, um, Lord, and we just ask that you fill us up, um, God, that you show us more and more your glory, your goodness, your faithfulness, your holiness, your righteousness, and your purposes. In Jesus' name, amen. So turn right now to people next to you and start, let's rejoice a little bit over each other.